Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Double Play Podcast. I'm Jack Smith, joined by my uh, presumably ecstatic co-host, Ryan Donahue. Dude, we have baseball back. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. It's so hype. Jeff Passon came through with the deal. But, wow, I words cannot describe my feelings right now. I'm just so relieved, so excited. Let's get I, baseball started. I think w- when we recorded last week's episode – I said, you know, we can be cautiously optimistic, but I think if we were being truthful with ourselves, I didn't think we were going to get baseball in the month in the month of March. I was skeptical about baseball in the month of May. I thought this was going to drag on a lot longer. It felt like, you know, the window had passed for a respectful compromise between the two sides. But, you know, it's happened now. Uh, We can kind of tell the story of it. Yesterday, there was another one of those deadlines, which are seeming to mean absolutely nothing. Uh, It was not met. There was reasons for it. The international draft was kind of holding up discussion. So a new deadline was set for today. Um, And then earlier today, Jeff Passan, uh, who's, I mean, dude's an absolute stud, probably the most respected sports reporter in in all of sports right now. Uh, But he reports a deal for the international draft, which kind of got us thinking, okay, we might actually have something here. This might be a good sign. Um, and then Jeff, Jeff passing gets hacked by some NFT company or, or what have you. And they're posting all of the, the stuff for oh, their, that, I'd forget the exact name, but all, all their NFT skull, skull, something skull stone, skull zone. Yeah. Something, something like, like that. that. But it was funny, but I was like, yeah, you know, on, on maybe what could be the biggest day in the MLB off season for news. I, I don't really think this is when Jeff Passan is shifting over to be a, you know, crypto NFT guy. But then MLB makes an offer. Mets players, which are, you know, Scherzer and Lindor are against the CBT. Um, and it comes down to the final vote. The player executive board, um, which are, you know, I guess the higher ranking players that are kind of in charge of the MLBPA. The, the, they're all elected, elected yeah. by the so way. So appointed by their fellow players. Eight, all eight of them vote against the deal. And that's, you know, not a good sign. Um, but there's the other group that gets to vote as well. Um, and the votes starting in and John Hyman's um, reporting that they're in favor, actually. And, and, you know, we're thinking that could overwhelm uh, and go above the eight votes against the executive board. And then Jeff Passan breaks the news that we have a deal. The executive committee said uh, no unanimously, but the players 26 out of the 30 voted uh, for the deal. The only teams that were represented were the Mets, Yankees, Cardinals, and Astros that said no. Um, most likely because, you know, those are teams that are, you know, want a little bit more lean, leniency um, when it comes to money uh, and stuff like that. Because the stuff, some of the stuff in the deal that Ryan will get to later affects, you know, teams like the Mets a little bit more. But we have, we have a deal and Jeff Passan reported it and then everyone's going crazy. We're putting out TikToks and Twitter posts and all that stuff because baseball's coming back and we'll have some details about it. But I think that's just the, the most, the thing to be most excited about right now is we're going to have baseball back and, and soon. Baseball's coming back and we'll have, we'll see some action later tonight, which is exciting. Uh, probably. And I think it's about an hour, actually 45 yeah. minutes. Is I'll when... be editing this. And dude, if, if, if there are big trades and, like I'll, t- I'll talk about the NFL in a second, but if there are big trades or big signings while I'm editing this, I'm going to be so upset because we <laughs> recorded the NFL episode on what was it? Was it Monday night, Tuesday morning, Aaron Rodgers goes back to the Packers Tuesday during the day, Russell Wilson gets traded to the Broncos. Uh, Mike Williams gets the franchise tag. Chris Godwin gets the franchise tag. And then uh, Wednesday morning, Carson Wentz gets traded to the commanders and the episode comes out today. 
It could not yeah. be more unlucky. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, but just in terms of the story, how it goes today, I mean, Jeff Passon get, getting hacked was my, my favorite part, but we were prepared just, to, to use that as a quick hitter for next episode. Yeah. Cause I'm just frantically refreshing Twitter. Like, okay, somebody say something like, is there a deal? What's the offer? Anything. And I just see Jeff Passon's new account promoting some NFTs. And uh, that was funny. But then, like you said, the players board goes against it, eight nothing. And it's you're like, oh crap. Or like, this is going to get dragged on more. And like, maybe obviously it didn't affect the teams that much, but it, it wasn't a good sign that they voted against it. And then there, the tweet says the vo- votes start to come in in favor. And you're like, oh my goodness, it's happening. I had, like, and, and, and we have here no we idea what to believe at this point. Cause we've heard everything that anyone could possibly say about this deal a thousand times. Oh yeah. And then get that. I, I, I found out from text from you, Jack, where you said, let's go in all caps. Cause you were, you were saying, let's go at some of the other stuff. And, but the all caps, I was like, it's over. I start refreshing. I see the tweet from Jeff Passan. You don't have, it's you over. don't have noties turned on. I don't know. I, I turned them on, on, on our, uh, CHT underscore MLB little plug for the Twitter. I turned them on there. So if you turn on notifications from there, you'll probably get them. All right. So, and that I'll have to do that, but we see the teams coming in or like the votes coming in and we, we got that notification. And then I was surprised Mets and Yankees against it makes sense to me. And the Astros, they're like a higher mid market team, like not quite big market. Yeah. But the Cardinals and Astros, they don't, that does, that vote against doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, it's kind maybe of tough. The, maybe the Astros just want to go on a spending spree, get back Correa, and that's why they were against it. But I don't know what the Cardinals are thinking there. Yeah, I mean, like especially with the Astros, you don't really want to do anything to piss off the baseball world anymore. So, like, imagine if they come down to one vote, like you know that stuff would have started to come out. So that one's. It, it, like you kind of have to put aside maybe what you're thinking and realize that you're already in <laughs> heaps of trouble from people. But yeah, yeah, those, those are interesting. It, it probably comes down to maybe the views of the singular players that, you know, those teams have appointed um, certain things that they're hearing. Cause it's not like they're hearing from the front office. Oh, don't accept that. Cause that's the people <laughs> that they're battling in this um, deal. So I think it's, it's, it's really interesting. We'll never know. Um, but I think I'd rather just focus on the fact that we've got a deal and maybe we can get into some of the details of it. Yeah, exactly. I'll get into details of this agreement now, but we're going to have 162 games, which is exciting. We're going to, that's going to start April 7th, I think is the day Yep. for the majority of teams that they said, but the games will be made up. I think the season will be, it be extended by three days Yep. with some nine inning double headers in between, which is nice yes. that they're getting rid of the seven inning ones. And then the big issue was the competitive uh, balance tax, the luxury, luxury tax threshold. It's going to be starting this year at 230 million, which is 9% rise. And it's going to rise annually next year, 233, then 237, 241 and 244, which is, we were talking about it higher than what their best and final offer was last time, last week when they said that. Pretty significantly too. Like that's, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to, 
I was like, oh, we were talking about it. I wanted to save it for the actual episode. So I went back to the, the pass and tweet. The MLB PA, when they made their last offer, bef- like on that last night before games would have been canceled that we talked about last episode, they wanted 238, 244, 250, 256, 263, which I think is like, that's really high. And it, I mean, you know, they were probably realizing that it was going to get negotiated down a bit, but the MLB's best and final, which we were just floored by. And everyone's like, that is that that's why we were like when John Hyman said, I think it was John Hyman said that they were within striking distance. It was pretty obvious they weren't, but the MLB's best and final was 220, 220, 220. So no rise of the first three years, then 224 and 230. So th- their best and final offer ended at 230. And this offer, the deal that we've got right now starts at 230 and ends at 244. Um, I'd say that's probably a win for both sides. I think they were as much as we were on the player side, I think they were both being a little bit stubborn and like the numbers that the MLBPA wanted were probably too high. And, uh, but what the MLB was offering was it was too low. Yeah. Compromise. Yeah. Novel concept, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. The, is the business major talking about like compromise and negotiation? I'm just a journalism <laughs> major. So like you can't expect me to know these, these words like negotiation and compromise. Yeah. <laughs> You'll learn. I'll teach you all my business terms. I'm excited. Um, and then, I don't know, we can keep going. There's the $700,000 mm-hmm. minimum salary, which is a 23% rise. And that also increases uh, by 20K per year. I believe that the MLBPA before the best and final offer wanted 725000 So it's within the same range. That's, I think, a pretty good one. Yeah. $50 million bonus pool. The world draft agreement uh, is needed by mid-July to get rid of the qualifying offer as well. And then you can maybe get, get into the rest of the details. Yeah, so then we get into out outside of the core economic ones, which was an issue for so long. They're going to be establishing a draft lottery. I think that that starts next year, though. Not that, that won't be yeah. for this year, but that's for the top six picks, which will be exciting because I mean it fixes tanking a little bit. It does kind of worsen it because like then you have teams that are maybe the eighth or ninth worst team tanking to have a chance for that lottery, but it also it it makes it better for the lower lowest of the low teams. And I think when it comes to the MLB, the lottery will be less effective than it is in the NBA and other sports, just because like there's so many rounds in the MLB draft. I think the parity between players at picks one and pick six, like they're not all that different most of the time. Um, and, you know, teams boards are very so differently. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, not hugely effective, but I don't think it'll be hugely impactful. Um, but I still think it's it's probably a good thing to have um, because obviously we don't want tanking in baseball. Yeah, and then they did make another change to the draft, which there it's now twenty rounds. I I believe it was wasn't it closer to fifty before yeah, previously? And then, and then I think COVID year it was like what five? Yeah, they only had five in twenty twenty. Yep. And then they're also adding full, a full service time for rookie of the year for if you place uh, first or second. And then we get into some of the rule changes. Universal DH is coming. I th- that'll be coming this year because they notified them ahead of the 45-day period, which they established. We'll yep. talk about in a second. Which is well, that's a good for baseball. And uh 12-team postseason. So we are expanding, but thankfully not to 14. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit. 12 team. It'd be interesting to see the format they choose if they go to the NFL type where the top two teams have the buy mm-hmm. and then the big one or n- not the big one, but one I was glad to see was no runners on base to start extra innings. I, that was never a fan of that rule made sense for the COVID year, but didn't make sense why they kept it last year. 
So good that they're getting rid of about getting rid of that. And unclear about the shift. We talked about that last episode. Yeah, whether they're bringing it, but I think it's not going to be included this season because it wasn't. They were they weren't given that forty five day period notice because the season will be starting in twenty eight days now. So I think that'll be that'll go into effect next season if it was part of the agreement. Yeah, and we've still yet to see the official changes that they're coming because it said you know they're banning the shift, but again, the stuff that we talked about last week is that fully banning it or is yeah, that limiting that it in a certain way? So we'll report more on that when it comes. Um, let's get into some of these rule changes. I'm curious. I'm I've been for the universal DH ever since we saw it that COVID year, and I've kind of had the thought that like, sure, it's fun to be a fan of a National League team and say like, oh, you know what, we're cool. We don't have a DH. Our pitchers hit, but also at the same time. I think there's really value to having the leagues be the same um, and also just having a DH on a roster where pitchers don't have to hit, you know, players, uh, older players get a chance to get off their feet and not play defense. And there's more value to, you know, some proven hitters that otherwise may be disregarded by national league teams. Yeah, I was, I'm with you. I was originally against the universal DH. I liked the pitchers hitting. I liked the aspect of bunting and the, strategy going into when to pull your pitchers, but seeing it in the COVID year, it it's better for the game, better to have more excitement opens up jobs for guys to not DH to go into the national league and not strictly stay in the American league. And, uh, seeing a pit, I'm okay. Not seeing a pitcher hit a bomb every Every few weeks, I'm f- I'm fine with leaving that out of the game. Yeah, because I mean, and, and there's also injuries involved. Like we've seen too many pitchers get injured mm-hmm. in the box, so I'm glad to see that. Uh, the 12 team postseason, we got into that last episode. I think we're both kind of fine with it. Um, the no runners on bases start the extra innings thing is something like I am happy that it's not you know immediate like every ninth inning or every tenth inning there's a runner on base, but I think there's a way to kind of combine the two. I hated that there was always a runner on second base to start the 10th and most extra innings should be almost 10 innings. But I do understand that like you don't want some games to go 18 innings at some point. So I think I would be interested in maybe a format where the 10th inning is normal. You, you don't start with anyone on base. Maybe starting the 11th, you start with the runner on first. If it gets to the 12th, you start with the runner on second. If it and then something like that. And you, you maybe sequentially do it. And then every inning from the 12th inning on, which is you're almost playing an extra third of a game before you get to that point. I think that's something I might be more interested in as opposed to no one's on base ever. Yeah, I, I do kind of like the no one's on base ever. Really? Okay. I think it's, it, I think it's free baseball. I think it changes the game a little bit and I like extra inning games. I understand people don't, it gets too long at some points, but I, I just don't like throwing on a base runner who didn't earn their way on. And then yeah. like, pitchers would come and come into an extra inning with a runner on second base and give up a base hit. And all of a sudden you lose the game. Yeah. All you did was give up a dinky little hit to shallow, right? That's true. Sometimes I just worry about, you know, the taxing on the pitcher's arms. um, And the fact that like with the more limited rosters now, and the fact that there's less arms on a roster at a given time, like the fact that if a game goes that long, there's a ton of pressure on the starter the next day. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, extra stress on the arms, the guys in the pen after games like that. So that was kind of the only reason I was thinking, um, plus the fact if the MLB really wants to shorten games, which I know we love it, but it would be good for baseball. 
I think that might be an option that like, I don't know if they're interested in it at all, but it, it's something that I think I would welcome, not, you know, immediately starting in the 10th inning, but if you're looking down the line, kind of exponentially doing it, that, that might be interesting to me. Yeah. I guess that's uh, our difference as you being yeah. the pitcher, you're thinking about the taxing on the arm and I'm just thinking about action. I mean, at that point, the, the reward for good pitching is having to pitch more, which makes no sense. <laughs> But, yeah, and then yeah. the next rule change we talked about the shift. We talked we we d- dove into that last episode. Yeah. So if you missed that, you, you can go back and look. It's also on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram. That's right. Yeah, and then kind of last details of the agreement. Not necessarily part of the agreement, but stuff the in- agreement has an impact on is spring training mandatory report date is Sunday which we'll probably see players report before then. I'm, I, I've seen a lot of players tweeting. They're excited to be back. They'll probably report as soon as tomorrow. And a lot of them are already there for the, to, in Arizona for the players camp. But, and then the first game for spring training would be the 17th. Yeah. Which is, would that be Thursday then? That, yeah, it's a week from the, today, the day we're recording this on, on the 10th. So I don't know if that's the same for every team. Um, I think they're going to be around the 17th. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it's the same for like each league, uh, the Cactus and the Grapefruit League. Yeah. And then we'll see about two and a half, three weeks of games before we get the season going. And then free agency, as we mentioned, opens at six Eastern tonight, which is in 35 minutes, 35 minutes, which that'll be very exciting. We will cover that, cover all the things in our next episode, but we'll be live on that with Twitter and TikTok. So make sure you go follow that. CHT underscore MLB on, on Twitter and the double play podcast on TikTok will be, we'll keep you updated with that. There are reactions and just news as well. And that'll be a, your place to stay informed because we'll, we'll be on top of that. Yeah. And from what I've heard and read on Twitter, I think the quote, my favorite one was saying that it's literally going to be pandemonium. I think it's going to be crazy right out the gate. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a signing or a trade at like three Oh five or even sooner than that. Um, when we talk about spring training games, the first games will probably be on the 17th. It would surprise me if we're getting games that aren't majority minor leaguers or guys that have already been in camp before like the, like about a week of those games. Cause I think, you know, the, the actual players um, that are a little bit more notable and are, will round out the MLB rosters. They're going to take some time to, you know, build up and get ready. Um, and I'm sure teams aren't really going to want to throw those guys right into the fire with the risk of them getting hurt uh, or, or taxing their bodies before having to play a full 162 game season. So I, I think, you know, maybe the first games will be on the 17th. And of course that's going to be great baseball, but don't expect, I don't think the, the true MLB players to start playing until maybe a couple of days in or about a weekend. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if we see injuries throughout the course of the season, because we've got a shortened spring training and we'll have double headers. So it'll be interesting to see if there's an increase in injuries throughout the course of the season as well. Yeah. Cause it almost feels like there could be like either side of the coin with, if you have less spring training games, that means less taxation on the bodies before the real season. Um, and you know, they've had more rest to this point as well. Um, or is it since they didn't have as much time to train, there's gonna be more injuries come the regular season. I'm curious though. We, we put this out on Twitter too, which if you're not following, go follow. I'm interested who you think is going to be the first 
person to be involved in a move, either a trade or a signing, and then where? I think Freddie Freeman will be one of the one of the first guys to go. I, I think at this point he's making a decision not only for his career but for his life. Yep. Like I thought, I saw something a while ago. His kids are starting to go into school, so he's he's making a decision where he's moving his family. And I think he's had a lot of time to prepare for this. And I think he wants to make that move probably as soon as possible where that be hopefully the Dodgers, but uh, that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. But uh, other than that, I, I could see a lot of guys going soon. I could see Korea going quick, but I could also see him waiting a bit. Um, I don't know what, what do you think there? I'm trying to think of some other big names that I could see going pretty soon. Yeah. I was saying, um, I was going to say Freeman to the Dodgers as much as I hate it. I just think it's, it's kind of that perfect fit. He's kind of what the Dodgers lineup is looking for right now. And it's like, whether they, if they can figure out the money side of all of this, which should be easier now that they lost out on both Seager and Scherzer. Um, and I think it looks like uh, reports are, they're not the front runner for Kershaw anymore. I think that they'll be in a better position to bring on a guy like Freddie Freeman. Plus the fact he's from Southern California and you're right, you know, kids going into school looking for, you know, a a place to bring the family. I'm pretty confident it's not going to be Atlanta, which is how did they fumble the bag so hard and, and, you know, not bring him back. That's just the biggest mistake that we've seen from in a while. And they literally won the world series last year. How do you let him go? But I think, yeah, Freddie Freeman, I was reading an article from The Athletic about, you know, seven guys who will sign quickly and seven guys who will take a while. Correa was on the list of the guys that will take a while. Um, just, you know, the Boris clients, most of them love to take, you know, a longer time to sign. And mm-hmm. I think he's he's not like stubborn, but he, I think he knows what he wants. And once he sees once he saw Seeger's contract and Semyon's contract, I think he realizes and he thinks he's deserving of that level of money. Um, and right now it just seems like at the point that teams weren't offering them offering him that much um, specifically the tigers were you know not willing to give him what he wanted so i think he probably takes a while other guys uh, i'm trying to remember the names that were on the list i think schorber was a the guy they listed someone who can sign quickly plus now the fact that like he's opened up to probably all 30 teams if they want to play him at dh um, i think carlos rodon's a guy who could sign pretty quickly um, i'm trying to think of other names it'll be i feel like it'll be a lot of stuff that, that won't be expected either. And I'm sure trades might be something that moves even quicker um, with the fact that these teams, they can negotiate trades, but they just couldn't, you know, fully place them because the owners can talk with the owners and stuff like that. So um, I think that may be something we see uh, possibly some, one of the Marlin starters on the move. We could see Luis Castillo on the moves. Uh, there's a lot of A's that still have to get traded. So yep, I was going to um, say, I could see a, I could see a Matt, uh, Matt Olson trade going quickly because Sean Manaya, they've got a lot mm-hmm. of guys that they've got to get out of Oakland if they want to, you know, lose as many games as it seems like they do. Yeah. Um, let's see though, like other than Freddie Freeman, is there a move you want the Dodgers to make? I think pitching, honestly, I'm not satisfied with the Dodgers starting rotation right now. It's Bueller, Urias, and Shoot, their third guy's David Price and Andrew Heaney right Dustin now. May, uh, who's the guy that D- D- Dustin May is still hurting from uh, Tommy John? He'll be back probably midseason. Yeah, it was Tony um, Gonsolin had a had a down season a little bit. I, he'll still be solid. But, Danny Duffy, right? That's the guy they brought from uh, from the Royals. Yeah, I don't know what's up with him. 
actually, because they they traded for him and then I, he, he never had a start. He was announced he was out for the season, but we'll see. They need some pitching. Yep. Would love to have Kershaw back, but I think I think they could spe- they could bring Rodon on. He'd be a good piece to add for the rotation, be it for them. But I think pitching that's the biggest need. I would love to see Kershaw back, but we'll see who they bring back. I'd love to see Kershaw on the Giants, but I think right now, I mean, it's Dodgers and Rangers. Um, other moves for the Giants, I think they're still in need of a, an outfielder, like one more outfielder. I'd love... What'd you say? All right, well, it looks like Ryan's dealing with uh, internet connection issues. That's what happens when you have to emergency record from a basement. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, um, I want the Giants to go after an outfielder. Maybe, say, a Suzuki. A lot of a lot of people are floating out, you know, Michael Conforto or even Kyle Schwarber to be a DH, possibly a Nick Castellanos at DH. Pitching-wise, I think the Giants are pretty much set. Maybe one more starter, um, but... I think it's something we're kind of going to have to wait on because they've got, I think, four guys in the wings with Logan Webb, uh, Alex Wood, Alex Cobb, and Anthony DiScofani to kind of fill out that rotation. So maybe one more guy, whether that's um, kind of from the giant system or not, it's something that we're going to have to figure out at this point. Yeah, I think, honestly, I'm not high on the Giants. I really don't think they can. Re- I, oh, yeah. I don't think they can repeat what they did last year. I think. They'll be third in the division. Maybe, maybe they, uh, maybe they get helped out a bit from the twelve-team postseason and get in there. But I, I don't see them being better than the Dodgers and the Padres again this season. Yeah, I think whether I don't think I see them winning the NL West. I think they're still a playoff team. Like at this point, like Farhan Zaidi and the Giants front office and Gabe Kapler have not given Giants fans a reason not to believe in them. Um, they almost took the. Giants team to the playoffs the year before they were literally one game away. Um, and that team was far worse was, than I think this team was last year. So that was eight, eight teams in the playoffs per league as well, though. That's true. I mean, I, if you don't want, if you don't want me to uh, put a little asterisk next to the Dodgers world series title, then I would say to zip it. But um, <laughs> all I'll say is, I, yeah, I think I, I believe in the giants to still be a good team, but I think you're right. You know, with the outlook, that they have right now, they don't look like a team that was that's going to win the NL West. But again, I think last year they didn't look like a team that was going to win the NL West either. So it's oh, yeah, up, no. it's it's always up in the air. And as of now, I still trust the Giants front office. Um, we should stop talking about the Giants and Dodgers, though. We've got a lot of stuff to cover um, for the league, and we've got about I mean, 25 minutes or so uh, until we got to start paying attention to some free agency. So, anyways, we hope you guys enjoyed this little emergency episode. We know you guys are going to enjoy baseball being back, and we're excited to fully get back and cover it. We've kind of got to overhaul our plan for next week's episode, uh, and we're probably going to have a lot of trades and free agency stuff to talk about. Like we said before, on Twitter, on TikTok, and Instagram, all that stuff is listed on the screen right now. Uh, but go follow those platforms. We'll keep you updated as things happen. Give our uh, quick opinions before fully diving into it in next week's episode. If you're on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please consider leaving a like or a five-star review, uh, subscribing to the show, leaving comments wherever you can. But uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap this one up? Just excited baseball's back, baby. Yeah, I think we have a newfound 
appreciation also for the game with the fact that it was almost taken away from us. We still got 162 games. So uh, I would just say appreciate anything that happens, whoever your team brings on, at least you're able to make moves now, but we'll be back next week with that episode. And anyways, we hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, We hope you have a great day and enjoy the rest of the next week of free agency and trade, and we will see you next time.